0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Hi, Karen Cartwright.
0: You're listening to Smashed from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano. Welcome back, listeners, to our tongue-in-cheek recap of what is television's most detailed depiction of the theater industry. And yes, for not much longer, (gasps) yes, we are still talking about Smash, the NBC series that chronicled the creation of not one, but two Broadway musicals and all the drama that ensued along the way.
2: Aw, we've been going back episode by episode to see how this supposed love letter to Broadway has held up over the past decade. In each podcast episode, we're looking to find the answers to these three questions.
0: Did it represent Broadway then?
2: Does it represent Broadway now?
0: And is it any good? So let's dive in and talk about episode 17 of season two, the series finale of the Tonys. Aaron, give us those series finale stats. Oh
2: my gosh, we made it, Mo. This
0: is wild.
2: Smash's season finale, The Tonys, premiered on May 26, 2013. It was the second part of a two-part series finale event that night. The finale was written by season two showrunner Joshua Safran and directed by Michael Morris, who directed the previous episode as well, again, two-parter. And surprise, surprise, the viewership stayed the same from the previous episode, which was an hour ago, which came in at a steady 2.44 million viewers. Our finale set list was comprised of three songs, one cover and two originals. Our cover featured the majority of our principal cast singing Under Pressure by Queen. For our originals, we were treated to a very pitch perfect-esque Tony performance of the hitless staple Broadway Here I Come, written by Joe Iconis and performed by the full hit list cast Sans Maradavi. And as our finale ultimo, in-house team Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman took the series home with their original song, Big Finish, sung by our leading lady duo, Megan Hilty and Katherine McPhee. And take us home with our last synopsis, Mo.
0: After two seasons, the companies of Bombshell and Hitlist are both under pressure as they march toward the Marquee Theater, home of this year's Tony Awards ceremony. With only 12 hours until the big show, Tom and Julia are writing their possible acceptance speech, Derek is drinking to forget that he publicly admitted casting Daisy in exchange for sex, and Lee and Ivy discuss how the other one has the better chances of winning. Jimmy is sabotaging himself by attempting to get out of attending the ceremony, until Julia has a come to Jesus with him to get the balls to attend. Also, Derek is sabotaging himself by attempting to get out of attending the ceremony until Ivy has a come to Jesus with him to get the balls to attend. But both end up attending, which is good because they both end up accepting awards. Derek for choreographing Hitlist and Jimmy on behalf of Kyle for Hitlist's book. Gabe and Lexi are furious that they've been called in to perform at the Tony Awards to support Daisy. Furious. Furious. Until <laughs> Ivy reminds Karen and company that they can refuse to perform with her. When they do, producer Jerry counters by giving Daisy the chance to perform Reach for Me instead. But following her win for Best Featured Actress, Derek decides to make it right and take Daisy out of the Tony performance, putting in Karen, Jimmy, and surprise, Anna, in an acapella performance of Broadway Here I Come. After winning for Best Score, newly minted Tony winners Tom and Julia decide to stay together as a writing team. Ivy gives a touching ode to live theater in her acceptance speech for Best Actress. while yes, she does. And while Hitlist walks away with most of the initial awards, Eileen Rand's Bombshell takes home the prize for Best Musical. In its closing moments, the cast of Smash couples up. Ivy with Derek, Julia with Michael Swift, Eileen with her former incarcerated boyfriend, Karen with her prison-bound Jimmy, and the series finale ends with as much of a non-sequitur as it began— An out-of-time duet performance by our two divas giving the show a big finish. And
2: a big finish it was.
0: And a big, weird finish it was.
2: Oh my gosh, it's the finale, Mo.
0: I can't honestly can't believe we made it here.
2: We totally made it. <laughs> like,
0: when we started this last mm-hmm. fall, I was like, there's no way.
2: And yet, here we are. And here we are. How'd you like this finale?
0: Um, I'm disappointed in Smash for taking what is the most interesting part of the entire theatrical season, which is award season, and basically ignoring it. Sure. However... I am happy with how the awards went down. I think that it was a good list of winners for the smash story. Sure.
2: I think it was I think it was a good using the Tony ceremony as more of the environment to wrap up these relationships. Mm-hmm. I thought was done successfully, but you're right. The awards definitely took a backseat to our normal drama within the show, which, while we have spent 32 episodes being upset about that, <laughs> that's the show we got. <laughs> yeah, that's the show
0: we got. Uh, like this opening number, it was a little, like you said, glee. It was know, very camera glee. circled around them, and they're all just standing on an empty stage, staring at each other, singing a pop cover. I guess I can sort of forgive it because it was a dream, it was Tom's dream. It was apparently it
2: was not- Tom's dream, which I'm like, why are you dreaming about Anna? <laughs> I'm
0: like, you know, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. What time do you think they filmed all of those Times Square sequences? Because there was not a car on the street in oh, any of that. Oh, that's
2: real. Probably really early in the morning. Isn't that uh, how it usually goes? Like an ungodly time to get Times Square shots? I've heard that in multiple behind the scenes, like movie featurettes who have to shoot in Times Square. But I
0: think, it, yeah, I think you're probably called in the evening because it's oh, going to take crew enough time fair. to get s- settled, right? Yeah. Because if you were to film at 5 a.m., then your crew is called at, what, 2 a.m.? Yeah. Versus f- filming at 2 a.m. and your crew is called at 11 p.m. Fair. Um, Tony's Day. It is Tony's Day. It is it's perhaps the most infamous day in the theater community. And... Aaron Albano, as someone who has lived through Tony's Day, (laughs) what did the show get right versus wrong about the day?
2: Where can we begin? I mean, here's my favorite thing about this episode. And arguably, maybe the industry should take a note out of Smash's book. That's right. Because no one had work this day. Like everyone's just chilling on Tony's Day. And I'm like, Guess what? This is a Sunday. You at least have a matinee today.
0: Here's how Tony Day actually goes, if you have a Sunday matinee.
2: Which generally we do. Everyone does.
0: Actors are called to their Broadway theaters at like five or six in the morning to Mm -hmm. get ready for a full dress rehearsal of the Tony Awards telecast, which begins at 9 a.m. and ends at noon. So you're working from 6 a.m. till at least noon. Then you have a little bit of break before your matinee, which may be 2 p.m. or 3 Mm p.m. Then when your show ends at five or six, you're getting ready for a Tony Awards ceremony, probably at your theater. Mm -hmm. You're getting ready to maybe go to the theater, walk the red carpet, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Or just go to your seat because you're also going to have to go backstage at some point Mm -hmm. and change into your costume for your number. Oh, yeah. None of this takes place... In this Tony Awards None of this is happening
2: (laughs) We could argue on whether that would be interesting for the viewers or not Who knows, but There's drama in that It's a real day (laughs) that is full of
0: drama It It is is an an actual actual day
2: Well, it's an actual work day I'm like, these people have work today It is actually the most interesting day Uh (laughs) Uh-huh Well, then that entire week prior is a very high-stress week (laughs) And what you definitely couldn't do is change your number two to three to four times within one day.
0: Oh, yeah. CBS would not be having that. Well, and I'm sorry, we have pre-records. Like, (laughs) Oh, sure. That's another thing that isn't necessarily widely known is that in the Tony Award performance... The leads are usually singing The live. leads are singing. But because there's not enough microphones in the building or time to get actors in and out of microphones during the telecast, the, the ensemble, ensemble is
2: pre-recorded. It, All of the ensembles will have already done like a pre-record of whatever number they had cleared to do that day.
0: <laughs> this is what I remember telling myself slash ourselves as the Hit List ensemble about how we ended up in this telecast. Go. <laughs> no. I justified it in two ways. One was that because it's acapella, we didn't have to get onto the soundboard. Nobody had to get into mics.
2: I mean, except that you're, even though we're not at Radio City or even at the Beacon, the Marriott Marquis is still a very large theater.
0: To fill with your voices. And our stomping and our snapping.
2: And you're so, stomping and you're clapping a la cup style. Like, who are you? Anna Kendrick? Yeah. Like, this, this
0: is very much, yeah. Like, like pitch <laughs> perfect. Um, and then here's the other thing: is like, were we in the building? I don't assume so. I think we had decided that these were like our outfits that we wore to a bar to have a viewing party in the neighborhood, and then Derek or maybe Marissa were like, "Hey everybody, come to the marquee. You're going to do Broadway here I come." Okay,
2: let's go through the trajectory of Hit List's Tony performance. First it was going to be Voice in a Dream. Yes. And then and then Jimmy wasn't showing up to anything. Right. And then so then they changed to I'm Not Sorry. Why why it's, were we doing it's, it's, I'm it's, Not
0: Sorry? Because it's a big number that doesn't include Jeremy.
2: Even though Daisy's the the Tony nominee, so we should have been doing her number anyway.
0: Yes. Side note: I have one line in the entire series of Smash, and, and it is about the best. being furious that I have to perform on the Tony Awards. Furious! Oh my gosh, Gabe, you've betrayed us. There's no world in which someone doesn't want to perform on the Tony Awards. Absolutely none. Oh, of like, course. A of all to take a to, to take a quote from Aaron Albano, <laughs> A of all. You get to be on the Tonys. That's the dream, right? That's everyone's dream is to be on the thing that got them excited about Broadway in the first place. Everybody wants to be on the Tonys. Number two, it's a sweet chunk of change. Thank you. Yes, it is. I'll I'll take a little bit of that cash. No problem. Take that money. Why are Gabe and Lexi furious that they oh, got called in oh my gosh gabe and
2: lexi are everything that we hate about <laughs> and we didn't know until the last episode keep going. So then, after i'm not sorry apparently gabe and lexi lead a revolt which apparently you can just like stage a coup for the tony performances
0: i mean in smash world It's it's not the most illogical part of
2: Right. So then we do reach so then we'd like switch to reach for me. But at that point, okay, so here's where I here's where my logic kinda went when you guys showed up into Broadway Here I Come. I'm like, Jerry is paying you anyway. Oh sure. So y'all just showed up. Like the checks are already cut. Mm -hmm. So you guys are probably just gonna stand in the back for reach for me anyway. And then instead y'all chose to do this number. Can I admit something, though? I secretly wish in this Tony's-themed episode that we got a fake opening number for- Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be great? That would have been amazing. If we got, like, if they had just, like, shelled out the dough to, like, have right. all the other nominees that we just keep hearing about. <laughs> a like, the 2004 One Night Only performance with Hugh Jackman where he, like, featured all the- the shows from that season. Oh,
0: that would have been so great. It would have been so great. All right, let's 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 talk about some award winners. Okay. Were those the right awards? Did did the right people get the right awards? I
2: think so. I mean, who knows if Daisy really won, really. Uh,
0: no, <laughs> uh, no, no. There is no way that Daisy Parker deserved to win the best featured actress. to No. Him. no. no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely Daisy Parker not. over Lindsay Mendez in The Last Good Year. Anika Noni Rose in Imitation of Life. Yeah, there's no way
2: Daisy Parker would have won anything. No, nah,
0: no, nah, man. There's no way. There's no way. I think Kyle,
2: for the trajectory of the story, sure. Great. Fine. Kyle wins.
0: Over Tony um, Kushner. Didn't Tony Kushner write something? Oh, you're right. He wrote Best Book, right? For um, Yeah. But so did. But Kyle won for best book. Yeah, giving a Tony Award to Kyle Bishop, whose parents couldn't even be bothered to show up (laughs) over Tony Kushner. Nah, brah, (laughs) we're not here for it. Uh,
2: See, at this point, I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tom and Julia, I'm fine with because you know they. And they they set it up because the fact that they didn't think they were going to win fooled me into, like, being happy for them when they did win. Sucker. (laughs) Because this was the chemistry that I've been waiting all series for. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, you're actually friends. I'm finally seeing it in this last moment before the show's over. Like, great.
0: All right. Speaking Um, of winners, which was your favorite acceptance speech?
2: Ivy Lin's. Is there even a question?
0: I don't know. Jimmy cried. Jimmy Jimmy cried and said that weird thing about Kyle where he carries around playbills from flops in his pocket. (laughs) In his pocket. Who has pockets? In his pocket. I mean, that was... Who has pockets large enough for multiple (laughs) playbills? This is my question. That Jimmy acceptance speech, it didn't
2: start out great because at first I was like, if this... You've made all this this big old deal about honoring your friend, and then your acceptance speech on behalf of him is going to be all about Karen? I'm going to kill you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out better. But that whole section where he was talking about Karen, I was like, no, 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 no. You're not honoring anybody by talking about your girlfriend during your dead friend's award. It just really
0: bothered me that his parents weren't there.
2: It didn't bother me as much just because I was like— Well,
0: you're not a parent, Fair. You're not true. watching you're not watching this young that's man. Fair. And I'm like You're like get I'll there. Be, I would be there.
2: <laughs> sure. No, but Ivy's speech, it was so beautiful. I think we should just hear it in its original form.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Megan Hilton. <laughs> wow,
1: uh, okay. I um I honestly didn't think I would win. Um Tom, Julia, Eileen, thank you so much for the chance of a lifetime. Um, I'd like to thank my mother, Lee Conroy, the magnificent Lee Conroy, for giving me the greatest gift. And that is a life in the theater. I can only hope that one day I can give that gift to my children. For me, there is nothing more magical than that moment Right as the lights go down and the crowd is waiting in silence with anticipation for the show to begin, it's a moment full of hope and full of possibilities. So I'd like to thank the audience for coming and for believing, as I do, that there is nothing more important or special as live theater. Thank you so much.
0: Side note, we've been watching this Disney Junior show called Tots that Brady really likes right now. And Megan has been on a number of Disney G- Disney Junior shows over the years. Um, but uh-huh. she's like a she's like a series regular on this oh, nice. show tots. So I've been going back and forth between watching Megan on Smash <laughs> and watching Megan on Tots, and it's really funny. It's like, oh, I'm nice. Giving I'm like I'm like <laughs> the, the Megan Healthy super fan. All right, it's a perfect speech. Break down why this is a perfect speech.
2: This is the love letter to Broadway that we've been waiting for for 32 episodes. Like, arguably, we got it from, like, Sam Strickland at the end of season one. But, like, this is the one where she says, and yes, we know she's pregnant. Yes, that storyline's been inserted here for whatever. But, like, we've seen her relationship with her mother as rich as she was this episode, (laughs) when she says, I'd like to thank my mother, Lee Conroy, for giving me the best gift and that is a life in theater. I can only hope that one day I can give that gift to my children. It's like, oh, this is the art form that's cross-generational.
0: And and that that you and I know, like for as much as doesn't ring true about Smash sometimes, that love of theater and feeling like the greatest gift is a life in the theater is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's the one. And she's like, and then she describes like it's the it's 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 the twenty thirteen Tony opening when mm-hmm. like Neil we Patrick Harris kid. says like yeah. we were that kid. Like that's what this speech is. And it's like, oh man. Like I can't like it takes your breath away because this is this is why we tuned into the show to begin with.
0: Right. And especially, spoiler alert, when you're watching when Broadway has been shut down for months and may not be coming back for anytime soon, anytime soon, those specific things she mentions, the moment when the lights go down, the crowd is waiting in anticipation for the show to begin. It's full of hope and full of possibilities. I was like, yeah, that's the moment. That is that is actually the moment I think everyone is like gunning for right now with theaters closed is yeah the moment before the curtain comes up is gonna feel fucking wild
2: and when she says like there is nothing more important or special as live theater I mean there is something more important
0: than live theater Uh, yes it is democracy (laughs) and voting rights. However, yes, there is nothing more special than live theater.
2: Yeah. Oh yes, yes. 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 That English aside, like it is the best sentiment that we could feel as those of us who've made a life in live theater, like, and those of us who aspire to a life in live theater, like, this is, this is what this is. This is the love that we know, and this is the life that we miss. Mo, we did it! We
0: did it! Ah!
2: (laughs) Thank you to everyone who's hung in with us during this wonderful journey. I hope you had as much fun as we did, because we certainly had a blast. And if you're not ready for the Smash fun to end, join us next week as we recap the entire second season, and honestly, probably the entire series as a whole, of Smash! You can find Smash episodes on either the NBC app or on NBC.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Aaron Albano.
0: And me, Mo Brady. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And the second is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist
2: please follow the ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts on spotify on apple podcasts or at bpn.fm the home of broadway podcast network you can also follow us on instagram thanks for listening everybody
0: until next time